Chapter Fifteen of Tom Swift and His Airship. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tommy Howell. Tom Swift and His Airship by Victor Appleton. Chapter Fifteen. Fired upon. Tom's excited call to the aeronaut, telling of the mishap to Mr. Damon, was answered immediately. Mr. Sharp jumped forward from the motor compartment and, passing on his way the electric switch, he yanked it out, stopping the machinery and the great propellers. Then he leaped out on the platform. But something else happened. Just before the accident to the eccentric man desiring to give a further test to the planes, the gas had been shut off, making the airship an aeroplane instead of a dirigible balloon. Consequently, as soon as the forward motion ceased, the great ship began falling. "'We're sinking! We're sinking!' cried Tom forgetting for a moment that he was not in his motor-boat. "'Slant your rudder up, and glide downward as slowly as you can,' directed Mr. Sharp. "'I'll start the engine again as soon as I rescue him.' For it was risky to venture out on the platform with the propeller whirring, as the dangling piece of scarf might whip around the balloonist and toss him off. Mr. Sharp was soon at Mr. Damon's side. He saw that the man was unconscious, whether from fright or some injury could not then be determined. There was, however, no sign of a wound. It was no easy task to carry, half-dragging it, the heavy body of Mr. Damon off the platform, but the aeronaut was a muscular individual, and long hanging from a trapeze at great heights stood him in good stead. He brought the unconscious man into the cabin, and then, quickly returning to the platform, he detached the piece of scarf from the propeller blade. Soon he started the motor, and also turned on the gas tank, so that the airship, in a few minutes, could float in space without motion. "'You needn't steer now, Tom,' said the balloonist. "'Just give me a hand here.' I, I, "'Is he dead?' inquired the lad, his voice faltering. "'No, his heart's beating. I can't understand what happened.' Mr. Sharp was something of a rough-and-ready surgeon and doctor, and a small box of medicines had been brought along in case of emergencies. With the red cloud now lazily floating in the air, for once the falling motion had been checked by the engine, the motor had been stopped again, Mr. Sharp set about restoring Mr. Damon to consciousness. It was not long before the man opened his eyes. The color that had left his cheeks came back, and after a drink of cold water he was able to sit up. "'Did I fall?' he asked. "'Bless my very existence, but did I tumble off the airship?' "'No, indeed,' replied Tom, "'though you came pretty near it. How do you feel? Were you hurt?' "'Oh, I'm all right now, just a trifle dizzy, but... I thought, thought sure I was a goner when I fell over the platform railing, and Mr. Damon could not repress a shudder. Mr. Sharp administered some more medicine, and his patient was soon able to stand and move about. "'How did it happen?' inquired the balloonist. "'I hardly know,' answered Mr. Damon. "'I was out on the platform, looking at the view and thinking how much better my neuralgia was with the scarf on. Suddenly the wind whipped loose one end of the scarf, and before I knew it the cloth had caught on the propeller blade.' I was blown or drawn to one side, tossed against the railing, which I managed to grab, and then lost my senses. It's a good thing I wasn't whirled around the propeller. It's a good thing you weren't tossed down to the earth, commented Tom, shivering as he thought of his friend's narrow escape. I became unconscious, partly because of the wind was knocked from me as I hit the platform railing, went on Mr. Damon, and partly from fright, I think. But I'm all right now, and I'm not going out on that platform again with the loose scarf on. I wouldn't go out at all again if I were you, though, of course, I'm used to dizzy heights, spoke Mr. Sharp. Oh, I'm not so easily frightened, declared Mr. Damon. 
if i'm going to be a balloonist or an aeroplanist i've got to get used to certain things i'm all right now and the plucky man was for the blow to his side did not amount to much it was some time however before tom got over the fright his friend had caused him they spent that night moving slowly south and in the morning found they had covered about a hundred miles not having run the ship to anything like its maximum speed breakfast was served above the clouds for a change mr damon finding that he could stand the great height with comfort it was three days after the start and the travelers were proceeding slowly along they were totally unaware of course of the sensation which their leaving conjointly with the bank robbery had caused not only in sharpton but in other places we're over a good-sized city announced tom on the noon of the third day suppose we drop down and leave some message that will be anxious to hear from us good idea commented mr sharp down it is shift the rudder tom proceeded to do so and while mr damon relieved him at the wheel the young inventor prepared a message to his father it was placed in a weighted envelope together with a sum of money and the person picking it up was requested to send the letter as a telegram retaining some money for his trouble as the ship got lower and lower over the city the usual crowds could be seen congregating in the streets pointing and gazing upward we're causing quite a stir observed tom more than usual it seems added mr sharp peering down i declare there seems to be a police parade under way that's right put in mr damon for looking down a squad of uniformed officers some on horseback could be seen hurrying along the main street trying to keep pace with the airship which was moving slowly they're looking at us through telescopes called tom guess they never saw a balloon down this way nearer and nearer to the city dropped the red cloud tom was about to let go the weighted envelope when from the midst of the police came several puffs of white smoke it was followed by vicious zipping sounds ab about the cabin of the ship the windows of which were open then came the reports of several rifles they're firing at us yelled tom so they are cried mr sharp they must be crazy can't they see we're not a bird maybe they take us for a war balloon suggested mr damon another volley was directed at the airship and several bullets struck the big aluminum gas holder glancing blows here quit that yelled tom leaning out the window are you crazy you'll damage us they can't hear you called mr sharp a third volley was fired and this time several persons other than police officers seemed to be shooting at the airship revolvers as well as rifles were being used we've got to get out of this shouted mr sharp as a bullet sang uncomfortably close to his head i can't imagine what's gotten into the people send her up tom the lad quickly shifted the elevation rudder and the red cloud sailed majestically aloft the young inventor had not dropped his message concluding that citizens would fire on travelers of the air for no reason would not be likely to accommodate them in the matter of sending messages the craft mounted rapidly upward but before it was beyond rifle shot another volley was fired one bullet sending some splinters flying from the wooden framework that was a narrow escape exclaimed mr sharp what in the world can these people be up to anyhow end of chapter fifteen